Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the only podcast about Rugrats being run by two unbalanced individuals wearing lizard costumes. I am Matthew, and here is my good buddy Adam. Hi. Reptar. Well, Reptar. <laughs> Riff Raff. Here we are again. <laughs> episode 12. <laughs> Here we are again. There, there, there's a there's one episode tonight we're very excited to talk about. God damn another... alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we normally we we re, we record normally starting at 9 p.m. on Saturdays and I have an alarm set to go set set, blah, 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 set to go off 15 minutes before and we were started early. So fuck me. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. It's okay. I was just gonna say that there's one episode today that we're not particularly in, not particularly interested in, and then there's one that we're super excited to talk about. Yeah, I think that the the one we are excited about might be the we mentioned last week that the second half of the season is it finishes week, um, but I think uh, I'll just say the episode title "Reptar's Revenge." It might be the best episode of the second half, maybe. Um, yeah, it's definitely up there. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of less spectacular ones, and this yeah. one's already like kind of Fluffy versus Spike. Our first short is already kind of retreading some ground from earlier this season. Yeah, maybe we're starting to see what uh, the writers were talking about about tired of doing the same shit, so they had to change some things. Yeah, but they got rid of our precious dumb baby episodes, which I I will never forgive them for. <laughs> I can't wait to have Paul Germain on this show someday so we can like <laughs> complain to him about the fact that uh they didn't do any more dumb baby episodes after season one <laughs> just uh, just tell them to give us some like rejected scripts and we'll leave them alone <laughs> or we'll just write ours and give them to him and say like make this happen and shake our fists angrily over skype <laughs> he'll definitely do it then because he's in yeah. charge of this paramount plus they'll like us and not be annoyed by us <laughs> <laughs> I know you and I have been kind of like excited about this. Something we found out about just last last weekend week. I don't know. Sometime last week, last weekend, whenever it was. Uh, but he's mentioned having Paul Germain on the show. We are having somebody on the show soon. Not Paul Germain, but no less impressive and no less exciting for us. We've got Michael Bell on the voice of Drew Pickles, Chaz, Mr. Muckle Honey. Yeah. So many other people. <laughs> How exciting. I know, I know. Um, he's probably like the coolest person that we could have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like a really, really just from our like research online, just seems like a cool guy. So yeah, uh, <laughs> get ready for us to annoy him for as long as he can handle it. <laughs> in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, two weeks from uh, the time of uh, release of this episode, he will be on. We'll call it our, our season finale, because it'll be after the last episode of season one, and we'll have our first guest, so that's fun. So keep an eye out for that, and uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, you know, I've been looking into so many of his other interviews and, like, his past, and there's a lot of cool stuff that we can talk to him about. And, and just so many shows that I can recall growing up with, that his voice is just everywhere. And not even necessarily shows that I was like a huge fan of, but that are that like are iconic and like from our age group were just on TV and we would see them like Scooby Doo yeah. and Smurfs, G.I. Joe and the Snorks, the Snorks. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
is that an official spinoff of the Smurfs? Or did somebody just say, what if I get the Smurfs? Boy, I'm underwater. <laughs> That's sort of imagining some executive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's an official spinoff. I think it's just like, uh, yeah, everybody loves the Smurfs. Let's do it again. underwater. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the executive sounds like that, but he now he does. I'm just going to assume he does. <laughs> he's he's a blob. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, back to our episode. Uh, I think it was episode four. Best boy on board. The silhouette of the best boy looked like this blob with pseudopods in your artwork. <laughs> That's the executive, not, not the best boy, the blob that looks like the best boy in silhouette. The shadow that the best boy casts. <laughs> it's like the mirror universe of Star Trek, only it's like blob people instead of evil people. <laughs> I don't know. It's creating the snorks evil. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, maybe someday we'll go back and watch an episode or two and decide whether or not it actually was an evil act to create snorks. <laughs> uh, so how's your week been so yeah last week i got my second dose of the vaccine mm-hmm. um and i on the episode i was talking about how i didn't even have as much of an it didn't even have as much of an effect on me as the first dose did and i was like really gloating about <laughs> uh, i'm exaggerating but <laughs> i was talking about how it didn't affect me uh flash forward to the next morning when i woke up and i felt like i got my ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> That's you get for taunting nature or taunting your immune system. It's like, yeah, I feel great. Fuck you, immune system. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll kick it into high gear. Make you feel like you got beat up there, buddy. That's how <laughs> your immune system sounds. very nearly had a fever. <laughs> <laughs> so like 99.9? Well, usually my thermometer reads uh, 97.3 for me. Okay. And so uh, you're it cold, went up to like, man. it went up to like 98.9. Oh, Man. <laughs> uh, I took a couple days off work. <laughs> wow. What, did you feel bad for a couple days? Yeah. Because, I mean, l- yeah. like I said last week, I know people who've just been, like, sick for, like, a week, like, unable to get out of bed, like, fevers of a 102 or whatever. But, yeah, I wasn't that bad. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would use it as an excuse to stay home. Because I think, I don't know about your work, but mine, if it's, like, covid related you don't have to use sick days just like no 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 stay at home it's fine <laughs> yeah I, I think it's pretty much the same thing i'll have to talk to hr or something with yeah, that that's cool though but uh anything else from your week that you'd like to regale us with before we get to the segments i don't know i beat resident evil 8 like a dozen times <laughs> <laughs> i beat it once and i was done yeah i got bored with it eventually um i'll probably go back to it but too bored to uh, unlock everything now. I just I I don't know what it is with video games in like recent years. I just tend to not have an interest in replaying them like I used to. There's so many of them. You don't have to replay the same one. It's true. But then at the same time, like it's it's I don't know if I'm just less interested or what. I mean, the games that I've if you look at my uh, hours of play on Steam, the game I have the most play on is FTL and it's like 250 hours. And I've like told other people like that's crazy. And they're like, oh, I have like 50,000 hours on whatever game. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I don't even come close. Yeah, I so. don't even remember the last time I played Steam. <laughs> My computer sucks. That's why, though. Oh, OK, yeah, you're one of them console people. <laughs> yeah, so you can't play with me. Some games you can, but uh 
Anyway. <laughs> so what the hell did we watch for this week? So we watched uh, the first uh, one was Fluffy versus Spike, written by Steve Vixton again and Joe Ansaliba here. Those two have written, written numerous episodes this season. They're the most prolific writers of the first season with things like Barbecue Story and Realer Robots. Classics. But anyway, uh, in this first one, yeah, definitely. In this first one, uh, Angelica brings over her new cat, Fluffy, to meet the babies. They all settle into a nice game of Tom and Jerry. <laughs> also, Stu can't invent for shit, and he's going to drive his family to the poorhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really funny is, like, it almost sounds like you were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to write the first thing off the top of my head for this, but even if, like, you worked hard at that, or the other way, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> There's, like... There's not much that goes on in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, it, it's the latter season one episode. Good. But I mean, this episode might be like 20 minutes long. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. So how do we begin this episode? I just watched it an hour ago and I don't remember. <laughs> Tommy's taking a look at Stu and his little and Stu and his little doggy. I mean, Spike and his little doggy bed. <laughs> and, uh, well, there's the artwork for the episode, folks. Yeah. <laughs> if I can only find like a picture of Stu curled up that I can steal. <laughs> oh man, what if you did him as like Frankenstein robot Stu, like sitting <laughs> up, but he's in the dog bed. Oh, <laughs> the babies are looking at him. I'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, but it has to be Stu in a bed. Yeah, but, in uh, a dog bed. In a dog bed. You um, hear that, folks? <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, workshopping the ideas right now. Right on the show. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Tommy's telling Phil and Lil about how uh, Spike is so brave. One time, he saved me from the evil princess. The evil princess had a big stinky lion and she tried to scare him with it. Wow! But Spike was smarter than the lion. He scared it worse than the lion ran away. Wish we had a dog like him. Wish I was a dog like him. He's the bestest dog in the world. That's why he gets his own special pillow. Wow! Which I thought was going to be him, like, flashbacking to, or doing a flashback to what happened in this episode. <laughs> but I guess it's more of a foreshadow. Yeah. He just made it up and it happens. <laughs> I just... One time he saved me from an evil princess. The evil princess had a big stinky lion and she tried to scare him with it. I don't know why. Best line of the episode, probably. And that's why he gets his own bed. Yeah. What the hell else happens in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Angelica comes over with her cat and her, Drew Which he specifically to... says her new kitty. Her new kitty. We have seen it once before. Briefly. And uh, I don't know if that episode was just like written after this or yeah i mean it was only a few seconds in the last episode it can still be her new kitty yeah when angelica screamed at fluffy <laughs> they had a very different relationship that first day <laughs> but yeah so drew's come over because uh Stu has his no his new uh coffee maker that he couldn't wait a day or for the next day for <laughs> for Drew to try. So what's this big secret invention that you couldn't wait till tomorrow to show me? <laughs> yeah, just a, just a coffee maker that <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that everything that it does, coffee makers didn't do back then. 
<laughs> but I, I'm pretty it, sure, like, I don't know, you get this in most coffee shops now. The Electro Brewmeister 2000. It grinds, it steams, it even adds the cream. It'll revolutionize the coffee industry. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, that's like, you know, Mr. Coffee Buddy or whatever. <laughs> Is that a thing? Is that a brand, Mr. Coffee Buddy? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it should be. Like holding the cream like right next to the hot coffee machine is the very bad idea. Yeah, it has to be like heavily insulated, one would think. You can tell there's a lot to talk about in this episode because like we're talking about the logistics of putting cream in a fantastical coffee machine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the adults they all go they all fuck off to the kitchen to go look <laughs> at this machine for <laughs> a convenient period of time. Yes. So we can uh, set up the uh, dynamic in this episode, which is fluffy, bad, bike, good. <laughs> yeah. And um, Angelica has to do shit. Oh my God. I have like no idea what to say about this. Episode. <laughs> she puts the cat high up on the shelf where she belongs in comparison to the lowly dog, dog spike on the ground. Here you go, Fluffy. The highest place for the best is pet. Fluffy knocks something down off of that shelf onto Spike, like out of a bowl. It looks like it's like ground cooked beef or something. I have no idea what it's supposed to be. Spike, look out! I'm guessing it's Spike's dog food or something that they put out of his reach for some reason. Or it's her food, Fluffy's food, so Spike doesn't eat it. I guess. It's just so random. And I guess because there's no, like, showing what happens. But it looks like it's ground beef or something. What you might not know if you didn't grow up in the 90s is that people <laughs> used to keep plates of ground beef on their shelves. <laughs> 90s kids know. It was always a pain when your pets would knock it over. <laughs> I think that I think that's why we don't do it anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, last, I mean, my, my cat's always knocking shit over. I got home from work last night, and I put my wallet, my keys, my work keys, and my phone down on a little table I have by the door that I, like, sit sit in the chair and, like, put my shoes on and whatnot. And I was sitting on the couch after showering, and he jumps up in there and stares at me, and one by one knocks each of the things off. I think he left one <laughs> thing, and I'm like, please, buddy, knock the last thing off. I need you to do that for me. And he just stared at me and then jumped down just to be a spiteful bastard because he's a cat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my cats, they're not allowed up anywhere like higher than a couch. <laughs> yeah, we found a whisker on the kitchen counter today. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, shit. Somebody's been uh, being a bad little bastard. Was it? Yeah, we went. Go ahead. We went for a walk. Yeah. And the, the apartment was their oyster. <laughs> <laughs> the world is their toaster. That's a Rugrats reference. <laughs> so uh, Angelica starts doing this weird like Viking dance. But she even has the helmet with the horns that she learned in ballet class. And it's like the, the what is it? The, the ride of the Valkyries. Is that what the. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So then Fluffy 
decides to knock the taco meat on the spike's head. <laughs> and the the grown-ups, of course, assume that it's him because everything in this series is his fault. Uh, we've already seen that they're dumb when it comes to Spike. Even when he's like outside, they blame him for stuff that goes on in the house in a previous episode. So uh, he has to go in the garage, just like when he was a bad little puppy. Or no, that's what happens after this. When yeah. uh, Fluffy knocks over some uh, like plates, commemorative plates or china or something that are on little display stands, which Spike tries to save. Yeah, that's this is where like the Tom and Jerry shit comes in. It's like yeah. Jerry trying to break shit so Tom gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. We kind of referenced this when we talked about uh, the new short Night Howl last yes. week and how Spike's brain isn't necessarily a dog brain in that. And so, yeah, like a dog wouldn't save your plates, but I think that's as far as they go with it in here. Yeah, if he's more intelligent than that, it's probably after season three, because I don't remember anything like that. But basically, because it's a cartoon, Spike is as intelligent as he needs to be for the plot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, after he, he saves two of the plates, but then Spikey, uh, Spikey, Fluffy knocks another one down and it lands right in his spine and he like yelps and they crash. And that's when Dee Dee drags him off to the garage. It's the garage for you. Right, Spike. You have to stay in the garage, just like when you were a bad little puppy. And then they uh, decide to play a game of Simon Says. Okay, the first thing you gotta do is poke yourself in the eye! No! Do it! No! Say Simon says. <laughs> this, this, it's like the quickest he's rolled over after being devo- defiant. Though <laughs> he's given up. If he's ever even rolled over before when he yeah. was defiant. Yeah. Well, there's there's another moment where he's defiant for a second before Angelica screams. He says, "Angelica, why do we always do what you want to do?" And then she just shouts. She thinks for a second and then just shouts. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Fluffy, of course, lays in Spike's lovely dog bed. Yeah, she's taken over his thing because she's one for the moment. <laughs> in this versus episode. Not quite as destructive as Kong versus Godzilla, but, you know. Yeah, Tommy starts to cry because Spike got locked in the garage. But then he hatches a plan when he sees uh, how much Fluffy loves their little catnip ball. And, um, but he can't find his screwdriver. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because Angelica knows how his brain works and has cleverly stolen it before before getting Spike in trouble, so he can't save him. (laughs) She snuck over the night before to take it. But I guess uh, Phil and Lil get into their own adventures that we never see on the show because they each have their own screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to see their own little. Well, there's there's a different occasions of them uh, doing that. Is it me or in season one is Chucky featured a lot less than mm-hmm. Phil and Lil? Like there are obviously episodes where all four of the babies are there, but I think there are more occasions of 
Tommy and Phil and Lil than just Tommy and Chucky. Yeah, I think you're right. I, the only one that I'm thinking of where it's just Tommy and Chucky, well, two. Real, Real robots. robots and Grandpa's teeth. Yeah. So maybe it's even then, because the other one that I'm thinking of is the baby commercial and then this episode. You know, this is, now that I'm thinking about it, this is almost a lot of parallels with what we watched last week, the Touchdown Tommy episode. There's, like, not, like, squirting milk everywhere, but it's keeping a ball away from the fucking cat. And oh, yeah, it's you're right. Really, really similar. And maybe, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's, it's, I literally, like I said, I watched it an hour ago, and I'm really having trouble recalling a lot of what happened. It's also very reminiscent of Monster in the Garage, yeah, where was... the mouse is knocking shit over and Spike's getting blamed. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this is why <laughs> the writers exhausted all of their possible ideas for this, which is why they had to go for the more imagination-based episodes, I guess. So Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm surprised that this is, like, written by a couple of the best writers for the first season, because uh, I, <laughs> I would think that it was written by you know somebody that just wrote the one episode or something did they also write touchdown tommy do you know offhand nope that was tom abrams and david howard i wonder maybe that plays a part in it uh, i don't know but uh yeah we have so much to say about this episode <laughs> so how the what happens i don't remember <laughs> Well, uh, they start keeping the ball away from uh, Fluffy, throwing it around, so she breaks shit, damages all their uh, parents' favorite things, and then uh, Bite comes out and actually helps break things for a little bit, and then very uh, smartly goes back to the garage Yeah. whenever the adults are coming out. And, and the this time, the, the adults pen. are smart enough to know that if Spike is in the garage, <laughs> then he's not the one that caused the mess. Except in this case, they're wrong because Spike came out to help cause the mess <laughs> and then went back to the garage. So, yeah, the adults are dumb. Of course, who believes Angelica? They did it! They did it all! Damn, and they're dumb dogs! Yeah, and uh, them and their dumb old dog are all locked away. <laughs> and then, I don't know, I guess Drew gets uncomfortable but uncomfortable because Dee Dee starts calling Angelica a liar right in front of him. <laughs> He's like, oh, let's go home. <laughs> yeah, and so he whisks her and the cat off and they head, uh, head for home and Spike is let back out. I'm sorry, Spike. I was wrong. It was that naughty Fluffy after all. Forgive me? Oh. <laughs> And Stu tries a cup of his coffee and he looks <laughs> like he's gonna die. <laughs> Is it a vomit or like it's sour? I think there's like a even a frame of him holding his throat. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they give the catnip ball to Spike and it's his new toy. So ultimately, Spike is victorious. He is the favored pet once again and he has a new cat toy. <laughs> Yeah, and, he, and presumably he gets his old dog bed back, too. <laughs> yeah, and what else is there to say about this episode? The quickest we've ever gone through an episode of the show. I mean, I don't even know if, like, the music in this one was particularly interesting. I can't think of a single thing. The one line that made me laugh 
really hard was when Tommy starts crying, Stu picks him up, and, and, like, after all the things that, like, all the plates have been broken. It's okay, champ. None of that stuff was all that valuable anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it. that's the only line or, like, anything that really made me laugh or really stands out to me. Just a okay episode. Yeah, Maybe this and, is like, the, uh, the other episodes that were, uh, less funny at least we're full of heart like stuff yeah. that we like talked about like uh i mean barbecue story was funnier than this but it it had a lot of but it was like one of the less funny episodes in the season yeah but it was really good it's one of my favorites how can you not love an episode where the babies almost die from a dog mauling them <laughs> <laughs> well and tommy also learns that it's not okay to just eat something that you see for the first time yeah, somebody <laughs> learned a lesson. Yeah, it was an arc. In this one, the babies and the dog get away with shit. <laughs> Everyone's the bad guy in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to be bad to bad people. <laughs> yeah, that's the moral of the episode. It's okay to be bad to bad people. <laughs> and to get away with uh, doing things that would normally get you in trouble. Yeah. As long as the bad person is blamed. And it's always the cat who knocks over your taco meat from your shelf. <laughs> Oh, that's all, folks! Um, we we hit a milestone this week. Yes! Earlier this week, we had uh, 60 days since we uh, released the podcast. Yes. And just in time for that, we hit over 500 downloads with like 504. Yes. Um, very exciting. Uh, it's definitely faster than... We expected it to grow. It's still not huge, but we kind of expected to be talking to nobody for a much longer period of time. Yeah. And it's I just looked now. It's at 514. Uh, again, not, not not like a huge number. But uh, as we've said in the past for us, it's really, really cool. And I'm hoping now that we've announced our first guest in a couple of weeks here, maybe we'll get a nice little jump. People to tune in. Uh, yeah. Hate us. But like Michael Bell. If Michael Bell likes us, you have to like us. Yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, very funny, even through the emails we've yeah, had with yeah, him. Yes, I uh, I sent an email like saying, hey, are you blah, blah. Basically, long story short, are you interested in being in the podcast? And I mentioned a time. And first, he misinterpreted when I said like 9 p.m. I think he thought I said 9 a.m. based on like the, uh, the, the time zone. And he said... I just roll out of bed at my out of my coffin at that, <laughs> at that time in my time zone, and I'm not really ready to go before I've had my first cup of blood. <laughs> <laughs> so if he's like that all the time, we are going to get along swimmingly with him. Yeah, so. he he seems really cool. Yeah, like I can't I I don't even want to downplay it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, super excited. Uh, I don't want to lower anybody's ex- expectations. This is gonna be the best thing that's ever been on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the no podcast will ever be better until we do the next good one. But what what voice Chaz uh, drew Howard briefly in the season? Um, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Boris, a lot of a uh, side. Oh yeah, Grandpa Boris, another yeah. great one. A lot of side characters, uh, like the uh, horny Frenchman from Mama Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a character in season two or three uh, with Spike runs away. The detective that has the bone in his pocket. And he says, <laughs> Why do I have to care so much? 
He uh he voices uh the unstable reptar's boss. <laughs> In the segment we're about to talk about, it's so funny that he really does have a distinct voice and there's as we alluded to at the beginning of the episode, there's so many things from our childhood that he's done and I don't know if he's so good that I always just associate it with the character and not him, but it's, it, it, he does like everything. And there's also, of course, one of your favorites. The fear from uh, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> yeah. Very fun boss. Yeah. I've actually never played Metal Gear Solid 3, but I'm assuming it's good because it's a Metal Gear Solid game. You can poison the fear. <laughs> you, <laughs> you steal all his food and then you set out like a poison frog and he'll eat it and then he vomits <laughs> <laughs> is he a monster he's kind of a monster yeah <laughs> <laughs> well there's your spoiler for metal gear solid 3 and the fear quote-unquote spoiler i need to play that still at some point still one of my favorite games so you know like it definitely cemented my uh perception of his or my uh identification of his voice going through imdb and then like hearing all the characters yeah in my head that i remembered from my childhood you remember when uh cartoon network used to play like all those old like superhero shorts with like the wonder twins and shit yeah 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 he's all he over this he is the boy wonder twin <laughs> <laughs> as well as the monkey clink <laughs> and scooby-doo stuff and it seems like he was like a million villains on that show. <laughs> you take off a mask and on Scooby-Doo, it's Michael Bell. Was he Creeper? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> creeper! Creeper! <laughs> the same voice as The Fear. Basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, long story short, very much looking forward to having Michael Bell on the show. Looking forward to that, and I hope you all are too. So, the second segment, the sleeper hit of... Season one, an episode I always forget, but it's one of the best episodes of the season and probably the best of the second half. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, we completely forgot about this episode before we watched <laughs> the series this time for our show. I may have seen this episode like two or three times as a kid because, uh, yeah, it didn't stick at all. Which is um, funny because this Fluffy versus Spike really stuck with me as a kid, but there's like nothing yeah. fucking happening. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's I I just remember being I didn't think I mentioned it when we saw Fluffy a little bit the one episode, but it weirded me out that it had the same <laughs> hair as Angelica. <laughs> okay, so Reptar's Revenge. This one uh, written by Peter Gaffney, who did Monster in the Garage. Also, the pickles take all of the babies for a nice visit to a shady carnival. <laughs> But when, <laughs> but when Stu and Dee Dee go on a ride alone together to make out, the babies take their chance to hunt down an unstable man in a reptar costume. <laughs> Just the absurdity of this episode. There's a lot of absurd stuff in Rugrats. And I'm jumping like way to either like halfway or the end of the episode. But the guy just like freaking out. Over, first over losing his cereal that he's seemingly addicted to. But I love those bite-sized sugary morsels. Yeah, well, you've had enough sugary morsels for one lifetime. And and then upon being fired from his job, just completely losing his mind and basically turning into Reptar and having, like, all the carnies, like, hunting him down with, like, lassos and nets. <laughs> 
and Dee Dee just being like totally disgusted by the horrible lizard running around. <laughs> but yeah, we begin with uh, the babies looking in at this neat, grimy, shady carnival, as you put it. The, Sle- the Slezola Brothers Carnival. <laughs> Is that what it was called? the animation and the way that the carnies act too and some of the voice choices and like (laughs) the promoter just looks like a stereotypical sleazy like car salesman or like event promoter with his cigar and his little mustache and his cheap looking suit he's like half of the characters in Tales from the Crypt (laughs) (laughs) now all he needs is to be like chainsawed in half or something (laughs) <laughs> like uh uh no what's his name Did joe pesci who i thought uh i thought it was danny devito most of my life <laughs> and then i watch it again as an adult i'm like what the when did the fuck did i watch this that i thought that was danny devito <laughs> when you're little any short looking person is danny devito <laughs> short looking italian man <laughs> <laughs> isn't it great that he's only like four foot ten <laughs> it's I, pretty good. The, the, my 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 next office, assuming we don't become millionaires from this podcast, uh, I, I I have it on a wish list to get. I think I mentioned this before: a life size cutout of Danny DeVito, and I like <laughs> I just want it sitting in my office all the time, looking out. Oh man, it would be like a life size uh, cutout of Danny DeVito with the wood. Oh no, you don't! Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Did I send you the Lion King one? I sent you the Lion King one. Oh, you King sent me one. the Lion King one. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember which way that went. And I sent it to <laughs> uh, my friend Chubbs, and he said, like, I think he said, like, that man is my Jesus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Oh, man. If they did a live action version of this, that sleazy carny would have to be Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> So in this episode, I guess Dee Dee is afraid of clowns and Chucky isn't. Yeah, Chucky sees the clown and he looks very happy and excited. He's like smiling and like maybe waving a little bit. Yeah, and then Dee Dee gets like lemon face. Her lips completely disappear <laughs> and her mouth puckers in. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You're afraid of clowns, aren't you? What? Afraid of what? Come on, Dee Dee. Admit it. Oh, I don't know, Stu. There, there's just something about them that they, they just frighten me. <laughs> you think that clown was scary? You should have seen the clowns I knew back in the old days. Now they were scary. I remember this one they called Mr. Sniffles. Yeah, yeah and I think she goes like, Maybe we shouldn't bring the kids into this this carnival. <laughs> Pop, is, uh, Grandpa Lou is like, Why not? When I was their age, I was already working the carny. Hard work, dawn to dusk. And at night, I had to sleep with the elephants. Elephants, Pop. (laughs) (laughs) And if one of them had a bad dream, he might just roll over and squash ya. Angelica promptly wants to go on a ride. And she's three years old, and there's the nausea whirl. Let her go. Everybody's got to get scared, Stim, at some point in their life. Might as well be when they're three years old. Which uh, I have seen, obviously not exactly like this at carnivals, but I remember distinctly going to our hometown's fair once. And it was kind of like this, like that had like four arms and like the arms spread out. And on the end of each one was like four carts. So like it kind of made you like sideways or upside down and just spun you all over the fucking place and 
I will never forget this for the rest of my life. I'm sitting there and across from me is this girl and she's visibly getting sick and she starts to throw up. But because of the zero, like the way we're spinning, like it goes out in the air, but we're spinning and immediately comes back and splatters all over her face. <laughs> and me, who often finds vomiting to be quite funny, was like losing my mind laughing. And my friend's girlfriend was sitting next to me on the ride and she's laughing really hard. And like, I'm getting off and I'm like, did you see that? And she's like, I was just laughing because you were laughing. And then like, I'm saying like one of the carnies come over with like a bucket of water and like dumping it on the fucking seat to get the vomit off. <laughs> uh, oh, and also while on that ride, I distinctly remember at one point we were spinning a bunch of bolts just started falling off of it. I was like, oh, God, we're going to die. But at least I got to see a girl throw up on herself. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Angelica does not throw up, but her animation after being on this thing is great. Also, we need to note that Larry is a carny running this. So maybe our prediction of him being a garbage man in your <laughs> in your episode that you wrote isn't so far <laughs> off. Well, no, I guess yeah, carnies can be all ages. They're in a, they're they're garbage apprentices. Garbage. <laughs> Before they do useful work like being garbage men, they work as carnies. It's like an apprenticeship. <laughs> um, one little thing I noticed is uh at the sleazy carnival, uh, the manager's little wagon or something has like a nudie photo in it. There's, there's like a naked lady on the door, but she doesn't have nipples or anything. It's just boobs. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice anything uh, when he, this when week. The first time he's yelling at Reptar, <laughs> I think it's the same voice as like one of the ad execs who is also talking to a Leo. Does he say Leo again in this episode or am I just inserting it because it's the same voice? It, he does say the uh, unstable man is Leo. <laughs> the unstable man in the lizard costume. Dee Dee is so disgusted by this fucking lizard man. Dee Dee and Stu decide to take a after <laughs> Angelica's traumatic experience where Larry thinks uh, Stu when Stu says uh, she's going to be sick. He's like, give it a kick. <laughs> it's like the the uh, the the numbers on the or the the, uh, the speeds on the uh, on the ride are like mucho fast and then Mach one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine, like, I, she gets a space helmet, like, <laughs> that they put on her. Yeah, I've never ridden a ride like, where you need a space helmet. Yeah, I imagined her, like, throwing up in it and it being, like, a, <laughs> a astronaut's head exploding inside a space helmet. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever been on a ride where you got sick or anything like that, or that scared you as a kid? I mean, like, as a kid, I was afraid to go on the roller coasters, but I didn't ever, I never got sick on a ride. Yeah, same. Um. As going as an adult, though, some of the rides don't treat your body as well, especially no. if you're sitting in the wrong position. Like uh, the Music Express, if you're the heavier one, you have to sit on the inside or else you're going to squash people and mangle your body. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a, a ride um called the Tumblebug. I think there's only two of them left in existence now, but uh, I remember when I was a little kid, I went to a place called uh, Conneaut Lake Park in Pennsylvania, and it's like a really, really small old school park. There's not a ton of rides, but it's basically just a thing that just goes in a circle, and it's 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 a really, really old ride. It's like it's cool. But anyway, like I was there with my mom and dad, and I was like three or four, and like it was like my mom my dad me instead of like me in the middle 
and like we're like going around really fast and like i'm like sliding out of the ride like about to fall <laughs> off and they're holding on to me and i have a, like both my parents and i have a distinct memory of my dad shaking his fist at the carny like <laughs> stew being like my dad stop this thing you asshole and like the guy running the ride has a big beard and he's just like got like a grin on his face and it just goes the normal length of the ride <laughs> Uh, but I did not fall out. And I do remember coming back the next year and I was like, I want to go on that one. And my dad's like, no. <laughs> That's the same one they have at Kennywood, right? Except they call it the yeah. turtle. Yep. It's, there's a, actually, those are the only two places they still have it. Kennywood and Coney Lake. I do like that ride. Still. Yeah. It's a very fun one. Agreed. But anyway, uh, so when Angelica comes off of this ride and her like, looking like a ghost and like the way she like walks or like stumbles over whatever that is. <laughs> She's got a shaken baby. <laughs> got to bring that joke back. And Angelica says, are you all right, hon? And she goes, uh, I think so, Uncle Stu. <laughs> After this, uh, Stu and Dee Dee decide to the lovebirds as grandpa says decide to go on the tunnel of decides to go on the tunnel of love and grandpa bribes a carny so they could go on the lazy river and the combination of the animation of this carny with his voice how long does this ride last young fella about three minutes it's like <laughs> pulls out a dollar how long do you say well long as you like sir now you're talking <laughs> Do you know who does the voice of that carny? No, I gonna have to look, we're going to have to look it up in this episode. Let me just do it now. Now you're talking. He's the same guy that did the voice of the Dr. Homer in the uh, Meaning Tommy episode and uh, the Sippy Cup. Uh, he's doing the voice of Reptar in this, who, Leo, I guess, and uh, that weird carny. What's the name? Danny Mann. Danny Mann. Okay, you had cut out like that part cut out for some reason. But uh, okay, so Danny Mann. He's he's the man. Yeah. Didn't we say last week he's like the the? How did you describe it? He's the fifth beetle of the show. Yeah, he's the fifth beetle <laughs> of the show. Yes. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Uh, but great. Anytime he's on the show, great voices. A dollar to take a nap. All right. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> it's probably Larry's dad. <laughs> Hey, Whoa. son, you want to work at the carnival with me? <laughs> it's like, yeah, dad. <laughs> Better than working with Steve at the Octoplex. <laughs> so, yeah, they're on the lazy river and Pop starts regaling the babies and Angelica about his times working on the battleship and how the, the, the captain or the commander or whatever he says, he finds him sleeping under his bunk and he knows he's the one who has to save the day. But then, of course, <laughs> being grandpa telling a story, he falls asleep. Yeah, all the babies, they, they're, like, bored to death at this story. Yeah. Sometimes they're actually, like, engaged. Yeah, and, yeah. And the episode follows with what he is talking about. <laughs> Not so today. No, whenever he tells actual war stories, <laughs> but the times he yeah. actually almost died in combat. But, uh, yeah, yeah but... they want to go find Reptar because uh, Reptar has the, uh, the tray with, like, 50, 50 boxes of cereal. And I don't think we mentioned at the beginning the carny... Uh, promoter yelling at him and saying you need to stop eating this 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 man <laughs> who is addicted to these sugary morsels he's just buy your own cereal man 
I mean, he is working a uh, uh, not even a carny's wage, uh, a guy in a giant lizard suit wage. Oh, yeah, maybe he can't afford cereal. He spent all his money on the lizard suit. It's like uh, exploitation of the working class where he, he had to purchase the suit. It wasn't given to him to work in. <laughs> uh, I've actually uh, had to do that at places when I worked retail. Like th- whenever they started using like their official Dollar General things, not just like when it was like a polo and khakis, like you had to buy it. But uh, anyway, side note. So they go to track them down because Reptar cereal. Did they want the cereal or did they want to see Reptar? Maybe a little bit of both. Angelica at least wants the cereal. Yeah. And she steals all the cereal from him. Give me one. Listen, kid, it ain't up to me. I said give me one. Hey, come back here. Yeah, she kicks him. And yeah. runs away with it. The tray. And that's when they start uh, having their little chase through the carnival. Yeah. And he's already acting a little deranged here, like <laughs> knocking over himself and beating his chest in anger. <laughs> and meanwhile, Stu and Dee Dee are having a very romantic evening in this dirty water uh, <laughs> tunnel of love. Stuart? Yes, my sweet. I, I, I love you right now. And I you. Look into my eyes, darling. They're eyes that see only you. Oh, Dee Dee. Stu. Dee Dee. Stu. Dee Dee. Stu. Dee Dee. Little known fact, this is the episode uh, after which uh, Dill Pickles was conceived. (laughs) (laughs) I think we were going to make that joke in in, uh, another episode, but let's leave it here. Or we forgot to make that joke. He he doesn't show up for a few seasons, but you got to think Tommy's still the same age. It's only like nine months later. Yeah, and then they got rid of him for the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> they sent him away. They left so they him at a store a and just job. never got him back. He wasn't smart like Tommy to get back. They're like, well, he's useless and we got one good baby. But uh, yeah, as Reptar gives chase, uh, he and Angelica are having a tug of war with this tray of cereal which uh, gets flung into the dirty river and turns it green and Reptar jumps in the water after it. And it's just like, he's like completely submerged. Is he eating the like dirty, soggy cereal from the water? I get the impression that he's like underwater eating. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it somehow doesn't drown. And that's what that is when Dee Dee and Stu come by. Oh, Stu, darling. Dee Dee. Kiss me. Kiss me, I say. <laughs> and then he very calmly gets out of the water and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out he's not actually unstable. He just had the same reaction that uh, Lisa Simpson did when she drank the water at Duff Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened before this episode. which is why he's unbalanced (laughs) this is like the second or third time he's been in that water (laughs) that water makes you addicted to reptar cereal and it makes you unbalanced it makes you actually think you're reptar so yeah the babies and angelica run back to the lazy river and they get in with pop (laughs) 
and Reptar is having an argument with the sleazy promoter. So there I was, face to face with this little three-foot monster. She grabbed one end of the tray, and I grabbed the other end. That's it, Leo. I have had it. You've been nothing but trouble ever since day one. You're fired. And then we get the classic line of the episode. Fire, fire. You can't fire me. Me, Reptar. There's going on a rampage <laughs> carnival. And he's actually like destroying like the cityscape and like the miniature golf. <laughs> he runs over an old man on his way up. <laughs> it's uh he's like doing the costume is forcing him to waddle as he's pursuing this manager. And uh <laughs> an old man gets, gets trampled. You know what'd be great? Is if they gave the man, the old man, like one line of dialogue, and it was the the old man from uh, or the old man that says, "There's some horses are coming. <laughs> <laughs> There's some reptiles are coming. There's a dinosaur are coming." <laughs> I'm just looking at some of these sideshow posters on the side. <laughs> uh, one of them is the giraffe woman. <laughs> uh, back when freak shows were a thing at circuses or carnivals. Dirty carnivals, state fairs. Steve is one of the people that has to secure a reptar. Larry, Larry. Larry, yeah, you're right, it's Larry. And he's got a net, and he's just like swinging it back and forth. And then the one <laughs> I'm going to now call his dad is just like swinging a lasso around. And this lazy promoter is like pointing and holding his cane. Like after reptars climbed to like the Empire State Building of like the miniature golf course. <laughs> oh man and we're not just calling the reptar guy unbalanced they're leave they're, they go to leave uh after after this happens it, dd says we should probably go anyway with unbalanced people like that lizard man running around this is no place for innocent children <laughs> <laughs> he needs to visit dr lepetamane do you think he would show up to the doctor's office wearing the reptar outfit like he's just lost his mind at being fired and he shows up at the doctor's office. <laughs> Me here for psychoanalysis. I see uh, I see another uh, another entry into the uh, Hannibal Lecter series of books with uh, the transformation into Reptar. <laughs> one of the themes of all those books is like transformation into monsters. Have you read the books before? <laughs> Uh, I read the first three. I really liked Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs. I read Hannibal, and that one is kind of awful. There's, like, some good stuff in it. Like, yeah. Some very interesting stuff, like, uh, in, as far as, uh, you know, the treating of uh, animals that we farm for meat. Yeah. There's, there's That angle of it was very interesting, but the overall arc of the book and some of the... Uh, themes in that one were a little ridiculous i didn't even know that was a th i've never read any of the books i didn't even realize that was a theme in, in it that's uh yeah each of the serial killers that aren't hannibal uh is typically trying to change themselves in a very specific way yeah the first filmed version of red dragon manhunter which is like before anthony hopkins was uh Hannibal. That's a really good movie, and it's really stylishly made. But like, it nobody ever remembers it for whatever reason. But it's a uh, good movie. Random. Uh, <laughs> we 
we're jumping away from the topic of the of the the best episode of the second half of the season. But I don't want to understate it. I would say definitely go back and watch this one because it is I said a sleeper hit at the beginning and it's for whatever reason I like we said we did not remember it, but it's 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 a good one. Yeah, it's it's like finding a classic episode again. Uh if yeah. you're like us and you really didn't remember it much. Mm-hmm. Like I had maybe like a slight memory of a couple of scenes, yes. but overall I didn't remember it. Give it another watch. You know, watch this whole series like as we're watching it too. Like they're, they're good. <laughs> Don't just listen to us talk about it. I, I mean, yeah. And, and in our social media, feel free to comment and say like, Hey, you're an idiot for saying this about this episode. <laughs> we would love to have Twitter wars with you, but, <laughs> but yeah, long story short, Reptar's revenge. Great segment. <laughs> Go watch it again. <laughs> So uh, any final thoughts or anything that we've talked about? We've been all over the place. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we ran through things a lot quicker than we usually do. But uh, I got a I found a goofy article. OK, I'm all for goofy articles on this show. 20 things about Rugrats Nickelodeon keeps secret. Oh, God. And uh, a lot of this stuff is basically going to be the Rugrats theory. I'm not going to actually read everything yeah. in the article. I'm just going to give you the gist of the each topic. Points. Yeah. Number 20, Angelica's twisted mind. <laughs> and this is basically the Rugrats theory where all the babies are dead and they're in her imagination and she talks to imaginary dead baby friends. Is this article presenting it like that's actually the case? Also, who's the author so I can call them dumb? William Boyd. Billiam Boyd? <laughs> William Boyd. Well, I'm going to say Billiam Boyd. Uh, if you at, actually at think the that's... Gamer the, dot, the gamer.com. At the gamer.com. Billiam Boyd. If you actually think the Rugrats theory is the way this is, even though the creators have said fun theory, but not true, you're an asshole! <laughs> However, unbeknownst to many, lie some very dark secrets, and they spelled lie L-Y-E. Oh, well, there, there you the, go. Not only an asshole, but a moron. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, they mentioned Angelica's allegedly damaged psyche. You'll never look at the show the same way again once we're done with you. You know what would be so, really yeah, funny? If eventually Rugwraiths, like, takes on a life of its own beyond this show, and it starts showing up in lists like this. That would be so funny. We should go on like one of those creepy pasta sites or whatever the fuck they are, like how the 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 uh, rug rascals was, and like you present that you had this VHS growing up <laughs> that I found it, or that uh, my uncle found at Gigi Allen's funeral, funeral. <laughs> next to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'm sorry. Back to the list. But yeah. Anyway, number twenty, Angelica's twisted mind, and it talks about how allegedly all the babies are in Angelica's head. Number 19, no laughing matter. <laughs> this is talking about how it's messed up that Tommy got kidnapped once by a couple of criminals. <laughs> it was one the of the things Nickelodeon tries to keep secret from you is that Tommy got kidnapped in their episode. How are they trying to keep it a secret? It's one of the fucking episodes. It's not like an episode where they aired once and they won't re-air it. Number 18, Grandpa Lou gets lonely at night. And this is a reference to the Space Vixens tape he has later on. Okay, yeah, Grandpa Lou cranks his hog to porn. (laughs) (laughs) The sad demise of Chucky's mother, (laughs) number 17. Uh, This is 
definitely uh, ripe for people who write the creepy pasta and uh, rug wraiths. <laughs> um, but basically, they try to keep it secret from you by making an episode about it. So, number 16. Did Chucky join her? This is back to the Rugrats theory. Oh my god. Where they say that Chucky died during childbirth. Are they actually trying to pass this off as, like, an actual thing? Like, <laughs> like there's a conspiracy like a lazy thing where they're just copying yeah. all this, uh, <laughs> all these, uh, Rugrats theory things, and they're not saying, yeah, like, this know. is a theory, like, Nickelodeon is actually keeping this a secret from you. It's a liberal conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want you to know how messed up this show is. Um, <laughs> it's messed up enough without all this dumb shit. It's a fucking, there's a dead body in an episode of this show. But nobody <laughs> ever talks about the skeleton at the bottom of the fucking dead male pit. <laughs> nobody but us. Nobody but us. We're the, the real truth seekers. Yeah. <laughs> Of the Rugrats universe. <laughs> Number 15. Deeply disturbing origins of Tommy. Oh, God. This is basically the Rugrats theory again, uh, where he's stillborn. Supposed... Number 14. Supposed dark reason for Dill's odd behavior. Something about him getting brain damage due to something. <laughs> what? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, the story goes that Angelica hit the baby very hard after <laughs> trying to get him away from her. <laughs> Result in resulting in Dill receiving brain damage from the blow. Talk about dark. This theory, this theory strand is so dark that it will make you watch the show in a completely different way the next time. <laughs> yeah, the next time I watch the show with an episode of Dill, I'll think about how this author is a fucking idiot. Number 13, flippant joke about the death penalty. And this <laughs> is basically from when uh, Chucky's potty trained and they make a joke about the chair. <laughs> and Tommy is the little, the priest. <laughs> in here my son <laughs> <laughs> number 12 did phil and lil never actually make it rugrats theory again <sighs> i mean there's uh, going back to it there's enough stuff that we've we've joked heavily about it but literally last week's episode the weaning tommy episode it's literally a fucking parody or allegory whatever you want to say of alcoholism or drug addiction like blatantly, and they have to make this shit up. And the show actually has these things, but they have to make up these dumb fucking theories. <laughs> Number eleven, controversial comic strip. This one's actually mildly interesting. Uh, there was a comic strip featuring uh, Grandpa Boris during Hanukkah, and people called it anti-Semitic because uh, Grandpa Boris has a big nose and he's Jewish. <laughs> but uh, and they say that it is reminiscent of Nazi-era depictions, but, you know, Paul Germain has said that, you know, he's Jewish, and Boris and Minka are basically his parents. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, step back a little bit, and, you know, you're, you're being a dick sometimes. <laughs> and I, I wanna, I wanna say that I heard Michael Bell topping, topping, talking about coming up the voice for talking, okay, let me start over. I wanna say that I heard, uh, in an interview with Michael Bell, that talking uh, talking about coming up the void. Fuck, fuck, fuck me. Fuck me with a knife. One more time. I want to say in an interview that I heard with Michael Bell uh, talking about coming up with a voice for Boris, he said that he based it on his Jewish father or grandfather. I can't remember if it was father or grandfather, but literally based on, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're <clears throat> grasping at straws with that one, yeah. so... Number 10, did Angelica's mother die? 
Uh, I don't know. What? This is some Rugrats theory thing that I I don't really care about it. <laughs> I don't really know how that part goes. It must be something after season. Well, she, but no, that doesn't make any sense because she's an all grown up. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> Number nine, the terrifying SpongeBob SquarePants connection. This okay. one is basically that they ran a SpongeBob short during one of the movies and they cut out a background image because they thought it was too scary. Okay. <laughs> they didn't want you to know that about Rugrats, that they cut out the background of a SpongeBob short. Oh. Number eight, Chaz's creepy sock puppet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are like a, two episodes with him with sock puppets. Maybe well, three. This, one, this one's about the It's a Wonderful Life parody, where if oh, okay. Chucky was never born, then Chaz would only be friends with a sock. <laughs> That's a good Nickelodeon episode. Nickelodeon know that we told you about that one. <laughs> That's a really good episode. But how is it a conspiracy? Again, it's it's on the fucking official streaming service of the company that owns the fucking show. Number seven, using the experience of being bullied. And this is basically about how... Uh, when Paul Germain was younger, he was bullied by a girl. And so they use that for uh, the show to, uh, you know, be a little bit different. But Nickelodeon doesn't want you to know that. Number six, the present of a not so the presence of a not so PG rock group. And this is basically talking about how Devo has some songs that you wouldn't want your kids to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Number five, Angelica's intimidating inspiration. Uh, she was based off of Dallas's J.R. Ewing. I have no idea who that is. No idea. What it means. Never watched Dallas. I don't even know if it's true. Uh, also, considering probably... the fact that the the one or two before on this list, you state how it's based on Paul Germain's bully growing up, and then you say it's actually, then he says it's based on a character from Dallas. Yeah. So, okay, you're already whatever. Well, uh, Well, I think they based the creation of the character on his childhood experience because I have read that yeah. elsewhere. Yep. And then I guess details of the character, they, maybe. Yeah, details of her personality. They based off of J.R. Ewing, which I don't know. Maybe I'll look up some of his best bits. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Number four, an unfortunate spat. Uh, this is about how Paul Germain left the show after season three. Maybe the network actually doesn't really want to know you about want you to know about behind the scenes drama yeah that one is conceivable and although i have actually read that the goal with the show was to reach i think it's 65 episodes because with that you can go into syndication like for whatever reason there are like rules about syndication and you have to have like or there at least there were and they wanted it so that they could have a new episode on or a, a different episode on every single day. And that's actually the reason maybe they stopped. Like they got to the amount, the number of episodes they wanted. And that's why they went off the air for a few years. But it also might be because Paul Germain left. Maybe it's both. They got to the number they wanted and then Paul Germain left and then they didn't want him back. I don't know. Or he didn't want to come back. He moved on to other things. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they weren't accepting as creative. Maybe even when they were going to come back with season four, maybe initially they did have them and they're like, well, we're not going to go this route. And he's like, well, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th I think I have read about it. I just don't really remember. Um, we'll have to look into it's that. It's not really. I don't like the episodes after season three so much, so I don't really care why they're bad or not. So <laughs> number three, and this is this is kind of where <laughs> this is kind of a really stupid one. 
Number three, Tommy was voiced by a woman. Bart Simpson was based or voiced by a woman. Chucky is voiced by a woman. Phil is based by a woman. Lil, big surprise, voiced by a woman. It's not just Tommy Pickles who was voiced by a woman, but the rest of the babies too. Yes, instead of getting males to voice the baby boys, females were used instead due to their high-pitched voices. Tommy was voiced by Elizabeth Daly. Chucky Finster was voiced by Christine Cavanaugh. Phil DeVille was voiced by Kath Ducey, and Dill Pickles was voiced by Tara Strong. Despite the fact that these babies are male in the popular cartoon. That's pretty standing, standing, standard operating procedure for voice acting, because women do have higher, higher pitch voices, typically. They do younger voices. That's pretty standard, and I don't think they ever tried to hide that. Yeah, and little kids, they grow up, and so you have to recast them if you're keeping the characters the same age. But here's the last line of that paragraph. This is one we're sure the writers didn't want you to know about because it's quite possible that it will be annoyingly stuck in your head the next time you watch the show. Sorry. (laughs) Matthew is making some disgusted faces. We're going to end up with a fucking feud with this author because, what was it, Billiam? (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember the last name, so I'm just going to call him Billiam Ford. Billiam Ford, you're an asshole. <laughs> I put a curse upon you and your family. Number two. Reptar got the show sued. We talked about that before. Yeah, but but that's, again, does Nickelodeon, did they ever want to hide that? Maybe when it happened. But like it's yeah. common knowledge that the Toho company and Godzilla... And number one, hating on their own creation. And this is about Arlene Klasky not liking Angelica initially. I want to say there have been official Rugrats documentaries where they've talked about this. She's definitely been open about it. She's talked about it in interviews. Yeah. We've seen it in multiple places. But I mean, as far as the way this list is concerned, that's probably a more legitimate one. Yeah, yeah. And they split out the Rugrats theory uh, between like 10 of them. And... uh (laughs) <laughs> Tommy Pickles was voiced by a woman. Oh my god. <laughs> In the top three things they didn't want you to know. <laughs> the top three things above uh, all the babies are dead. <laughs> Just imagining them. When you hear E.G. Daily, did you know it actually stands for Emily? Or whatever it is. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Sorry, E.G. Daily. Huge fan of yours. Did you know that the E stood for Elizabeth? As in woman elizabeth <laughs> did you know elizabeth was a woman's name would that surprise you <laughs> billiam ford you are a click boy a clickbait uh writing scum sucker who can't spell lie right he probably got paid two cents for this so <laughs> <laughs> well i guess i guess he's got one thing on us he's got he, if he got paid for that article it's more than we've gotten out of this podcast <laughs> and he's pr- he put infinitely less work into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but hey, I I will say that uh one of our one of our uh fans was messaging us on Twitter and she retweeted something after we got to 10 episodes and said, "Can some can I get a Reptar bar to send these boys?" So, uh <laughs> we're going to have people sending us old rotten candy. So <laughs> that'll be worth it. Yeah. That'll make it all it- worth it. And, and uh, another one of uh, uh, the, our mutual followers 
on there, uh, she was talking about how she actually tried a Reptar bar. Yeah. And it was like basically like a chocolate bar filled with icing. It sounded oh. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought of it as like caramel that was just like colored green. I mean, that would be good. But yeah, if it was like, actually like icing. That's kind of weird. I'd still you, try it. That makes me want to ask you, uh, when's the first time you realized something could be too sweet? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know, but something growing up, um, I, I never liked cake. Like, I think I think because for the most part, it was just like cheap, like box ready made stuff. I didn't know what like good cake was. And I don't know. It's I'm not someone who typically is big on sweets. But then the sweets that I do like are stuff like baklava, which is literally like soaked in pure sugar syrup. <laughs> <laughs> So I I don't know. Maybe I'm not the one to ask. How about you? Well, I remember uh, being a, a young teen, I think probably like 14. And I uh, hopefully younger than that. <laughs> but uh, I remember having this idea for a while that I wanted to eat peanut butter with marshmallows. <laughs> one day I got together a bowl with like a couple <laughs> tablespoons of peanut butter and a handful of marshmallows. I put it, put them together, stirred it up, took oh. like one or two bites, and I was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> and from that point on, I had a concept of too sweet, and uh, I tend not to eat things that are overly sweet anymore. <laughs> uh, those two things in ice cream might be good, but like a giant bowl of just peanut butters and marshmallows. <laughs> peanut butters. Peanut butter and marshmallows maybe is not the best idea. No. <laughs> uh, speaking it's of ice dumb. cream, what kind of what kind of ice cream do you like? Let's talk about ice cream to get the the I bad like butter taste pecan. But butter pecan. The I like pecan the old people flavor. Candies. Do you like old people candy like Rolos? Uh, what were what are Rolos again? They're like they come in a little tube and they're like little just little chocolates full of caramel. Probably they're good. It, it's it's uh, they're really ultra chewy. I've always associated them with old man candy. And since I am an old man and always have been, I really like it. I just had a mint chocolate chip ice cream sandwich today from Tillamook, the dairy company that makes really, really good cheese. Their ice cream, if their ice cream sandwiches are any indication, also very, very good. So that's your favorite ice cream, mint chocolate chip? It's one of them. Uh, I also am a big fan of pretty much anything with peanut butter, like peanut butter, like Pretty much anything with like streaks of peanut butter, peanut butter cups, and that kind of thing. I love uh, as far as like Sundays go. I love banana splits a lot. I've never had one. I, I, this is I like banana flavor, but for whatever reason, like the texture of banana banana like bothers me. It's been, a, but that being said, it's been a long time since I tried to just like eat a banana. Like I guess this, I associate bananas with being like Tommy's mother, so I don't want to <laughs> eat them, but. <laughs> You think you're eating a person. <laughs> <laughs> or at least associate them with humor, not food. Here, Tiger, try one of these. That's going to be me with a banana split. <laughs> to you. <laughs> Whenever we're able to hang out again, we'll make a video and put it on our Twitter of uh, <laughs> you making me an ice cream split or an ice cream split, a banana split. And you'll say that and <laughs> it'll be a fun little video. And I'll try one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fun episode tonight what do you think yeah 
I, th- I think we, uh, you mean our episode? Yeah. Our, yeah, our episode I, of the show. A little, a little loose. Yeah. Loosey goosey. Not, not bad. I mean, we, uh, didn't have a whole lot to say about the first segment. Uh, talked about a sleeper hit, talked about ice cream. You read a dumb list and I started <laughs> a feud with Billiam Ford. <laughs> uh, it was a good time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, folks out there? Do you like the loosey-goosey episodes, or do you want us to be more militant about the way we approach segments? I don't know. I don't know if we can be more militant about the way we approach things. No. If you, if you if you want us to be more militant, you probably don't like the show in the first place. No, that that's uh, we're not militant people, even though we're militant communist, anarchist, socialist communists <laughs> with Marxism. a marxism cherry on top but yeah as i said earlier in the show we will be having michael bay michael bay (laughs) we're gonna be having michael bay on the show uh talk about transformers (laughs) which actually michael bell was in transformers yes cartoon yes the show i think the show and the movie right I don't know about the movie. He might be in the movie. Like the old, the 80s cartoon movie. Oh, not Not yeah, the yeah. new, not the new garbage from Michael Bay. Uh, <laughs> it'd be hilarious <laughs> a, if we had Michael Bay on the show. Let's start a feud with Michael Bay. Also. <laughs> yeah, Michael Bay, your movies fucking suck. He could get our podcast shut down, like. Probably. <laughs> it's a good thing we're ants. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting on top of his pile of money. He can't even see us. <laughs> You made fun of my movies. And he's gonna crush us. <laughs> We're gonna be like the the uh, Tanya Harding incident. Only it's gonna be Michael Bay <laughs> kneecapping it's us. Gonna be to death <laughs> <laughs> instead of to the kneecaps to our skulls with a nightstick. But no, Michael Bell, not Michael Bay. We'll be on the show in two weeks. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Again, he seems like a really, really great guy. Just from his emails, um, I think we're going to have probably a lot of back and forth, but I also imagine he's the kind of guy we could probably throw one question at him and he'll just give us magic. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) So really looking forward to that. And yeah, as always, we really, really appreciate you tuning into this show. And we will see you here next week on Because I've Lost Control of My Life. Like what you heard? Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Hello there. This is our podcast that we do about the babies. All of the babies are here with us. We've got the Tommies. We've got the Phil and Lils. And Chucky is there too. And when Angelica comes, she tries to beat them up. <laughs>